Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And welcome to this week's episode of Glory Days of Gold. Not your East Fife podcast, but just your Scotland Road to the Euros final podcast, or at least that was how we had hoped that it would plan out. But alas, um, maybe not off to the best start. Joined by the gruesome twosome as usual. Good evening to you, Doug Perry. Hello, Lee. Hope you're well. And of course, Gordon Henderson. Evening. I'm just going to drop the little anecdote um, about Gordon Henderson that my dad said to me um, yesterday. He's like, that Gordon's voice, I'm sure I recognise it. He's like, his dad helped me set up the trust eh? I was like, aye, that was, that was him. He goes, hmm, aye, that is him. He goes, yeah, I'm sure he used to be quiet. Now I hear him ranting and raving every week. He's like, I'm not quite, not quite sure how that went, but yeah. Apparently, you're growing in stature and confidence as the week goes by, Gordon, which might be to the delight of our listeners or maybe to the surprise of some of them as well. But here we are. Of course, um, our esteemed guest, Mr. Uh, Lobster himself, Kenny Duker, whose face is actually redder than the sun right now. Um, apparently playing too much golf. Is that right, Kenny? <laughs> don't, don't tell my wife. <laughs> yeah, you're just taking all your appointments outside these days. Aye, it's kids, foot, kids football as well, like, out all day, basically on Saturday, so I took a look at the sun, forgot to put uh, the sun cream on, so I got a row when I got home. Yeah, yeah, well, speaking as a somebody with a degree in medicine, I would hope that you would understand how sunburn works, Kenny, but hopefully you could uh, learn as you get older, who knows? Oh, um, I know, I know, I'm telling all my patients to cover up and then I'm not following my own advice practice what you preach as they say but yeah. again had some some great feedback on your analysis last week and um, not so much the slating on me our, our listeners have been coming to me in their droves thinking that it's outrageous the, the way that you're, you're dealing with me nah everybody's in support of that I think to be honest but um, no some, some great feedback on last week's show and hello to all our new listeners as well I wish that we had something a little bit more positive to talk about um, but I think we'll just dive straight into it we do, it, we do. North Macedonia, we are right, defeated. And I, I know, I know that you were going to be desperate to talk about this, Kenny. Did you manage to see any of the game? Uh, the North Macedonia game. Yeah, I was, I was, I was glued to it. In fact, I was, <laughs> I think I was more excited about that game than the, the Scotland game. I mean, I, I was devastated that mix-up for Austria. I was like, I, I, I have to admit, I was starting to fear the worst. Uh, but I mean, it was to be honest, it was never in any doubt that the North Macedonians didn't really uh, live up to Michael's expectations. 
Well, you say that, but they brought it back to 1-0 and a player that I, I seem to remember got a bit of a cane in from us and Goran Bandev got on the, the score sheet. I could actually hear... I don't think he, got a cane. he never got a cane and he was the only player that we said was a, was decent or that we, that was, we even knew. He was the only player we knew, I. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you said in the group chat, Kennedy, if you were North Mac- uh, from North Macedonia, you think you would have got in that team. Is that still the case? I think in my, I think in my prime... I would have had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, lo and behold, the North Macedonian team um, that were tipped highly by Michael fell to defeat. The Turkish team that were tipped by myself um, and my excellent pronunciations, might I add, um, were also hammered by Kenny's hot favourites, um, 3 0. Which players were you most disappointed in? I would like to say I saw the game. But unfortunately, I was out for a meal and there was three of the men huddled around an iPhone while we were waiting on the, the, the dishes being delivered. But yeah, there, there wasn't much in the way of anything from Turkey, but I'm still quietly confident they'll, they'll, they'll qualify through the group and we'll see the best of them. I think they, they're in Wales group, aren't they? Do they play tomorrow? Yeah, against Wales. Huh? Today, today being Tuesday. So we could see um, I mean, how they turn up. It's going to be pretty bad to not qualify uh, for the second stages of this European Championships, given that there's only eight teams that are going to uh, that are going to miss out, uh, obviously another money grab for the for UEFA to squeeze as many games and TV money as possible. Sadly, sadly, after last night, there's only seven spots remaining. <laughs> <laughs> what you right. mean, North Macedonia are out already? Uh, they're, they're they're gone, Kenny. They're gone. You're okay. You can breathe easy now. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I still think that North Macedonia... No, nah, I don't actually. I think that they're definitely going out. They're, they're the no lowest-ranked group, uh, the lowest-ranked team in the tournament, and I think that that's for a reason. I actually hope that they lose every game just to, purely to see the elation on Kenny's face and that they, they would do that podcast. Surely just... Well, what's only cheer for after Scotland's defeat? Right, come on now. We're, we're getting into the doom and gloom too early. I did say we were going to try and make this positive. It's going to be extremely difficult, but I'm going to need all of your collective efforts to try and make that happen. I think that, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm really glad that we decided not to record last night because I was on suicide watch. I don't know about anybody else, but I was uh, so I would, excited I, for the game. I was bluetooth, so that's why I'm glad we never did it last night. <laughs> yeah, well... I couldn't get blurred because unfortunately I was working this morning. I had about three pints and that was enough to, to tip me over the edge uh, how I was feeling. But Doug, since, since, in fact, I believe that you've got an apology to make to our listeners, which I think that, well, before we go any further, I think that our, our hardcore 150 listeners that listen week in, week out are most disappointed with your behaviour in the last show. So I think that you could dish out your apology now. Um. Yeah, on behalf of me and my family, uh, I'd like to put on record my sadness at my failure to appear on last week's show. However, I will put a wee disclaimer here and say it wasn't all because I was, I'd had a few beers. So, very quickly, went to the pub at midday, roasting hot, got pretty pissed, left at six o'clock in time for our eight o'clock slot. Perfect. Came home, wrote a few notes, fell asleep. Now... I had a problem with my ears at the time, couldn't hear anything, slept through my alarm and woke up at quarter past 12. I'd also locked my girlfriend out of my house for four, four and a bit hours. 
which was a bit disappointing. So it was a bad, it was a bad day. So I can only only apologise, but not purely alcohol related. Mate, I think I think you're I think you're vindicated and let off to the fact that you've locked your girlfriend out the door for I'm going to put a yeah. question to you. Who are you more disappointed at letting down, us or your girlfriend? Oh, definitely you guys. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Well, I think the only thing getting banged that night was your door, because if you didn't let her in, I'm sure it wasn't it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on, let's get on to talking about football before this goes completely down the gutter. So... Obviously, the, the natural talking point, of, unless you live on the moon, Scotland started their European campaign yesterday with um, another glorious defeat at a major tournament. And we waited 23 years for it. And like losing my virginity, just absolutely disappointed everyone involved. I think that... Two, sorry, Kerry, I'm doing children's crisps there. But yeah, 2-0 defeat. I think the worst part for me personally isn't the defeat, but purely the manner of it. Um, and we'll we'll come on to team selection. We'll come on to you know all of that um, as the, the show progresses. But I'll, I'll start off. I think the the manner in which we lost is, is the upsetting thing for me. And as soon as we seen the lineup, we, we spoke about it in the group chat, and I, and I tweeted out to um, our listeners as well. Was from the lineup, we looked like we were setting up not to lose rather than go going for a win against. A very average Czech side. Um, you know, don't get me wrong that the guy took his, his goals very, very well. Again, we'll come to that in a moment. But, you know, that they were there for the taking yesterday and, and the chances that we created showed that. Um, but what about yourself, Gordon? You're, you're sitting there and you're looking in desolation and, and deep contemplation. What what did you make in the, the formation, first and foremost, in the team selection? I mean, the, the formation... It's pretty much what we knew it was going to be. He's, he's played. He's played the same. I didn't really expect him to change, and we talked about it. And it can, you know, it can be a bit defensive. It can be a bit more attacking. I was disappointed with the lineup. Um, you know, we talked about this a lot. Um, I wanted Billy Gilmore in there. I think, you know, he's he's a very good player. He's potentially the most talented player we have. Um, and he wasn't playing. I think yesterday really highlighted that Stephen O'Donnell, I don't think is good enough at this level. Um, I think he made a mistake for the first goal. I think generally he didn't play very well. Uh, him running into Ryan Christie uh, as he was as he was almost through in goal. Uh, you know, he just loads of little mistakes, and that's that's okay if you don't have a better option. I mean. Smaller countries like us, Wales, Iceland, Northern Ireland, who've done things, you know, you've got a handful of good players and you make up the rest with kind of jobbers at this level. You know that. But 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 we've got we've got better options. We've got better options on the bench. And I think Stevie Clark, um, you know, there's you could say he was too conservative. I think he was too loyal. He said it. I mean, there was an interview before the game and they were asking him about his lineup and why is this person playing and all the rest of it. And he said, these are the guys that got us here. These are the guys that played in qualification. And I was like, but we were shit in qualifying. You know, the game in Serbia was a great result. You take that game out of it and we were shit. Um, 
You know, we, we, we got thrashed by Belgium twice, thrashed by Russia. We lost in Kazakhstan. We were terrible in qualifying. We weren't good enough. And, you know, there are, he's decided to reward the guys that weren't good enough instead. And we had better options on the bench. That was a disappointing thing for me. I think we can do better. Absolutely bang on. And I think that everything that he said there, I don't think any of us will disagree with. I'm going to come on to Kenny because he, he was so passionate in his pitch for Billy Gilmore. I mean, literally, I got an email from somebody that said, Kenny Juker has me believing we're winning the Euros. Um, so I think that that was, uh, showed how the, the, the passion emanating from Kenny worked. But there's there's a point that I'm going to make to you, right? I don't know if any of you caught the Spain game the other day, but they played Pedri from the start, I believe. And he's had four senior caps for his, his team and walked in to the national team. Because, let, let's be honest, Spain aren't the team they were. Right, you know that they've not got any superstars in the way that they had Xavi or Iniesta or Fernando Torres or any of those players down the line. So they're trying to build again. They're trying to be a team again, and they're blooding their youngsters in early. Kenny, why do you think it is that we're maybe not as confident to to play a Billy Gilmore or to play a Nathan Patterson? Is it that potentially Stevie Clark's too scared of the media reaction? But it, it doesn't strike me as that sort of guy that he'll give a shit about what the, the nation thinks and what the media thinks. Is it the fact that he's too loyal? I think I, I said it in the last uh, podcast that, you know, I think it's a historic problem with Scotland. We've just never like, been prepared to play the youngsters when we should have, when they've got a, big, a move to a big team. Because we've always been rubbish. We've never qualified for the last 23 years. So what we were doing was not working. We've got in through the back door, really, to the to this uh, Euros through the uh, the nations the nations league. I mean, the standard of the opposition that we were up against um, compared to what you what you find yourself up against in the the actual qualifiers. I mean, we didn't we didn't do anything that you wouldn't really have thought was amazing. Like we 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 beat some teams, we and then in the end we scraped through. I mean, the Serbia result uh, on its own is great away from home, um, but like you say, some of the results in the actual qualifiers were terrible. Like Kazakhstan. I mean, just I, I don't know. I think I think North of Macedonia might be there. <laughs> I think that's true. I think that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean and. When you've got a chance of uh, maybe doing something, it's just I think I think we're scared. I think we're scared. But I mean, see the see the game in itself. Like I, I think you know it, it wasn't the worst. Like we created chances, we just didn't have that killer uh, killer instinct. The, the difference between the two teams was that class player that scores two goals for them. That's the difference between the teams. We just didn't have that. I suppose one of the frustrating things. Uh, was that um, the substitution to bring Callum McGregor on? Now, when he when he brings Callum McGregor on to try and change the game, I'm going to be honest, but my heart sunk. Like I like I was still held up a wee bit of hope, but when he brought on Callum McGregor, my heart sunk. And then the first two times he got the ball and he passed the ball backwards, my heart sunk even further into the depths of despair as to why. 
he was on and he was like, he was losing the ball. He just, he, he's not quick enough. He's, he's he, physically, he's, he's just no a player that when you're playing in a team that's no better than everybody, I just don't, I feel as if he's great for Celtic because they are far superior to anything that he plays against. So he gets on the ball, he's got time. He's not got that on a national level. And you saw him a few times, he's, he's on the ground trying to, trying to slide tackle and like get a wee toe on it. Like it's just, it's just no, not that level. It's just, it's just no good. It's just no good enough. Um, whereas we've got somebody on the bench there that's run the show. Like, let's be honest, Billy Gilmore's run the show against top, top players. And we've watched him run the show and look like the best player and players that have won the Champions League. So it's just, it's, it was just, it, it was so disappointing. But the actual game, I, I just felt that it was, it was finishing on a wee bit of luck. Do you know, I watched the, uh, the Portugal game there. I'm like, oh, that, this actually would be a good result for Scotland. Because, like, if you end up with a draw there, and that group, you're thinking France, Germany, France have just taken the lead. Uh, France, Germany, Portugal, Portugal draw with Hungary. There's maybe not going to be a lot of points in, uh, for the third place team in that group. And you're thinking, oh, that's a, that's a chance. But then they get a lucky, lucky deflection. Are Scotland ever going to get that? No. We're never going to get something like that. It never ha- We never get the rub of the green. Just like McTominay breaking into the box. I mean, some of the penalties that I've seen in the Premiership this year and on VAR and all the rest of it, that, I'm not saying that's a penalty, but it's a stonewall penalty given what I've seen in the Premier League the last, the last year. Yeah. I just didn't get it. Belgium get the rub of the green against Russia. I, I still don't understand how that's no offside. I just didn't get that. Um, but Scotland, we're never going to get the rub of the green like that. Jack Henry was getting pelters. I, I, I think it was a bit naive. But let's be honest, the shot's been blocked. It could have it could have ricocheted anywhere into the stand, wherever it ricochets right into the boys' path. He doesn't have to break stride. And he and what Marshall's doing where he is, I don't know. But like the chances of it ricocheting, it's just typical bad luck. Like it's typical Scotland. We we don't get the rub of the green. But I suppose that's because we're, we're, we're not in the positions all the time to eventually get that rub of the green. So it just feels as if everything goes against us. But actually, we, we created good chances. The difference was that striker. He, he was he was absolute class and, and took his chances. And we just couldn't do that. Kenny, you might as well have uh, ended that way. It's shite being Scottish. That's <laughs> 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 literally all I can hear in my head there. But there's always hope. There's always hope. There's always, always hope. hope. It's going to be glorious failure. We knew this. Aye, but I was thinking about this, right? So there, there aren't many like supporters of any other countries like that that didn't get the same as us. We just we're just like self-reflective that oh nobody could have it uh, worse than us. But you, but you look at like I mean Portugal. Like until last season, they were always in nearly. Beat the golden goals and the silver goals or whatever. Like that's, I mean, all right, they're getting to they're getting to semi-finals and and such like. But all these teams have got these hard luck stories or devastation. It's very few teams like say France, Germany, like 
Italy. They'll, they'll still say the same though. You, you you go to Italian fans and they'll still say, you know, they'll still focus on all the times they've failed or they've been cheated. You know, you, you go and play in Bovril and you see all the fans at every team and they'll go, oh, you know, typical whatever team it is, always right. doing things the hard way. Every single fan thinks like this about their team. It's, yeah. it's true. You just didn't, oh, oh, it's straight being Scottish. But like, actually, there aren't, there aren't that many teams that win. Like, like uh, you, you're going to get beat You're going to get beat at some point. I mean, I'm gutted that we got beat off Czech Republic because I, I honestly thought we had a right chance against Czech Republic. I, I don't think we've got much of a chance against uh, against England. Uh, but the thing that's always keeps you going with England is that the Scottish players always seem to raise their game. No, we get we, we get close. Uh, I mean, I was at Wembley. We got beat 3-0. That's the only one. I was at Wembley when we played a friendly. It was 3-2, which is unbelievable because we were terrible. We, like, we were terrible back then as well. Um, and, I mean, Ricky Lambert scores a winner. I mean, how unlucky, like, to get close to... And then somebody like Ricky Lambert scores a winner against you. That I mean, that just makes you think that Scotland are unlucky. There is that. But Doug, you've 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 sat and you've you've waited patiently there whilst Kenny was given a round resounding its shite being Scottish speech. I want to talk to you about the still about the formation and about the shape. I personally feel when I looked at that, we've should we've played the, the tactic that we've played since Clark came in as a way to shoehorn Kieran Tierney into the team. Let's be honest, that's essentially been what it is. It's so we could have Tierney and Robertson on the same side. When Tierney comes out, do you not think that we could have just literally changed when even 4-4-2 and had Dykes and Adams up front or even a, a different position, um, a different shape that maybe would allow us to have been slightly more attacking? Or do you think that um, Clark was right to sort of stick by his guns and stick by the shape? Oh, I mean... I think their whole the whole camp before it, everything would have been set up with that formation. He's 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 been pretty he's been pretty strict with that formation. I I actually felt Tierney being out sort of just seemed to be a wee implosion. So suddenly it was like I think you I almost feel like he would have set that team up man for man or who was playing way different if Tierney was playing. It just seemed to because I'm guessing. In, training and all that, you, we've really focused about attacking down that left side and with that kind of gone a wee bit or a lot less, because you weren't going to have Liam Cooper overlapping Robertson and anything like that, was a big problem. Um, I, I'm not surprised how he set them up because he's defensive, he's always been defensive. I mean, I was, I was obviously listened to the show when I woke up <laughs> last week and uh, yeah, I, I was I was almost screaming at you all because you were talking about like Oh, we'll play these attacking players, and I'm like, he'll never play these attacking players. He'll never do it. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, like o- O'Donnell's garbage. O'Donnell's a, O'Donnell's probably, and this might be harsh on the boy. He might be the worst player at the whole Euros, like genuinely. And we're kind of like the the whole theme about. This, I think that's probably not far off. The whole theme about North Macedonia, we're just a ball here better than that, as in. We've limped through the Nations League just above them. You know, we have pretty much no form coming into this at all. And I thought, generally, I actually that, thought we played... That's lost two games since he took over. How can you say that? Well, because he's not, he's not winning the games. We're limping through on 
you know, we're struggling to beat Israel, we're going through on penalties. It's we're not I don't know. We're we're not gonna he's never gonna go out and try and be aggressive and attack him. No chance. And I just think I thought we played all right yesterday. I think we just missed chances. Robertson, if he decided to hit that one low instead of high, you you suddenly go one up and it's a different game. And I, I think, as Kenny said, they took their two goals. I mean, Hanley's, it's not, it's not like it's a free header. Hanley's, like, when you watch the replay, is like a body away from headering that first. It's not, it was just a good header. He the was Jack- somebody yesterday I was actually really impressed with, was Grant Hanley. He, he was, was one very of the few good. players to get a, a pass mark for me. And I, he, and I don't he, I don't hold him in any sort of, you know, low regard for, for any of the goals that, he, that, that went in because I don't think he could have done anything. I actually thought he was one of our three best players yesterday. He, he he's improved massively in the last couple of years, though, when he's been in Norwich and stuff. I think so. Um, yeah, so I just I, I wasn't that doom and gloom about it. Obviously, it was disappointing, but I wasn't expecting. I mean, very quickly going on about the boy Patterson at right back. I mean, he's a kid who's never even played in front of a one fan. He's never even kicked a ball with fans in the ground. So you play a game for Rangers and he misses a pass, you get the groans that you would get from the stand. He's never experienced that. To suddenly chuck a kid when he's never even played in front of spectators ever in a big game like Wembley, I just can't see it happening. Because he could absolutely freeze. He might not, but that's a big, big call to make. And I agree he looks good, but there's a big difference to playing in an empty Ibrox in a very, very successful team who are absolutely dominating and there's no real problem if you make a mistake to suddenly go in in front of, albeit not a full Wembley, and that pressure, I don't know, it's, it's a big... You, you've literally big just finished saying O'Donnell might be the worst player at the Euros. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing someday no, I'm not, I'm, brick. So, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying... Play, which, which would you prefer? Well, I'm not saying play O'Donnell, but I'm saying we might have to play like a Forest or something like that. I mean, you can, you can ask a guy still to be defensive if he's... Force quick, at least. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't have a right back. Though. We've not had a right back for a long time. Yeah, and I mean we've tried Shuhon and Tierney in there um, as a square peg in a, a round hole before, haven't we? So that didn't really work. Gordon, on that then, I mean let's let's just take the, the Patterson debate. More try and answer it in one word, Kenny Duker. Um Does Patterson play, or should Patterson play against England? Yes or no? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to sit on the fence because for that's not one more dancer. <laughs> okay, maybe. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Kenny. I've got three words. Go for it. Nothing to lose. I mean, what the hell? Like yeah. what what the hell? That's pretty much my summary of it as well. I was gonna cut myself next enemy. Not to lose. It's going to be tough to get out of the group anyway. Baptism by fire. Fire him in. We've got to be bold. We've got to be ambitious. If I mean, if we have this attitude, this kind of defeatist attitude of, oh, they're better than us and, you know, well, we're never going to go there and beat them. You know, it'll come true. We, we might not beat them anyway. We're probably not going to beat them anyway. But we certainly won't beat them if we don't go there with a bit of a bit of attitude and a bit of aggression and a bit of ambition. I'm losing sleep at the thought of what Jack Grealish is going to do to O'Donnell. <laughs> Genuinely, that, that we're, really we're, worries me. We're, we're not going to play all of those ways that you've just said. We're, it's not going to happen. There's, there's no way 
he's going into England at Wembley and opening up and having to go, we'll get absolutely murdered if we do. No, but but I exactly. But see see if see if England are going to play a left back, at, a right back, a left back. Like yeah. we need to have somebody that can take him on the outside. We need to place. We need to take that as a as a potential weakness and and go do like we need to attack the right hand side. We can't attack the right hand side with Stephen O'Donnell. Um, like we we, we can't. Uh, I mean, but what worries me is like, well, what we said in the previous podcast, Steve Clark's, uh, we we weren't happy with with the way that we thought he was going to pick the team. But it was even worse with the substitutions, like putting Callum McGregor on when you're chasing the game. He moved McTominay into centre half. It was almost like, um, I'm, I'm going to keep McTominay on the pitch. What's the point in playing him? Like, if you're chasing the game, what is the point in moving Scott McTominay back yeah. to centre half? He's, yeah. a, he's arguably our best player. Like, he's, he's got the energy. We remove that energy from the middle of the park to accommodate Callum McGregor. What, what are we, what is he actually thinking? Like that, that is just not plenty of strength. That's I think fact. I have the answer guy that, on the I, I actually see what he tried to do there, and I'll, I'll see if he can agree with me. I think that because of the way that the Czech Republic set up, it looked to me that we moved McTominay in there to have somebody that could pass the ball out for the back to try and retain possession. That's the way that I looked at it for me. He's brought in somebody that's essentially a like for like in terms of McTominay and McGregor. That is what he's thought. Right, I can move McGregor in there. Just like for like, like for like. I was, I was. That's what I was. I was raging. I was like, yeah. "You're two 0 down, and you've made a like for like yeah. substitution." That, that's exactly the point. He <sighs> went, "We'll take McTominay into the back. We'll try and play out from the back, and then bring on a like for like with McTominay." When really, I mean, David Turnbull has created, um, you know, some of the most chances in any of the, the top leagues in Europe. You've got Billy Gilmore in there who is excellent in his ball retention and makes attacking passes all the time. Every time I see that boy play, even when he played against Luxembourg, he was picking the ball up and he was moving forward with it and trying to find a key pass. I mean, it's, it's not about going gung-ho against it. We can't go gung-ho. I'm not saying play three up front, but I think, you know, when you make these decisions of is it O'Donnell, is it Patterson, is it you know, McGregor or Gilmore, you, you, you know, going with experience is the safe option. Um, you know, if as long as you just pick the guys you've always been picking, you, you can't really be, you know, the excuse will always be, oh, well, they're better than us and we got beat anyway and it doesn't matter. But, you know, if you, if you try something, you know, if you, if you put good players with less experience, and Nathan Patterson has never played in a game like that, I don't know if Stephen O'Donnell's ever played in a game like that. I don't. I don't think. I don't think hundreds of games at Motherwell and Kilmarnock necessarily prepare you for that. Yeah. Any better? Stephen O'Donnell, um, O'Donnell played for Scotland midweek, and then the game after he played away at Fort Martin United. I mean, that's that's what he, that, that's the type of that's the type of thing we're we're talking about here. Whereas Billy Gilmore's playing with top players all the time, training with top players, same same as Nathan Patterson. He's training with these players all the time. I think, I think for me, we're missing the big key moment from yesterday. 
which was he didn't play McGinn behind the striker and yeah. he didn't play Che Adams. Yeah, yes. yeah we've not even mentioned those two in the next on the agenda. I could not believe, all right, we'll just go to it now. I could not believe that he played Dykes on his own. I couldn't believe that. Well, he didn't. He played Christie, but like I've said in the past about Christie... Why the fuck are we playing Christie as a sort of sort of striker? He's why, a why the fuck are we playing Christie as a sort of striker when we've got Che Adams there? Why yeah. not, you know, my ethos that I've been instilled in in my work life is if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got, right? And what we've done for the X amount of years, we're not going attacking, not going for it, has got us fucking nowhere, yep. apart from this tournament yep. by almost the fall, right? So, you know, you've got John McGinn, who's been absolutely outstanding for Aston Villa as a sort of number 10, maybe a number 8 sort of player that could find pockets of space, have a shot from outside the box, or create something for an attack-minded player. Why he's not playing over Ryan Christie yeah. baffles me, right? Absolutely baffles me. The, with how poor Lyndon Dykes was, even against Luxembourg, you know, I would be looking at that game and how many chances he missed went he's not either in the frame of mind for it or got the ability. I, yeah. I think it was in the mind of defensiveness again, though, because I think he knows that the Czechs are a big team. So for defending set pieces and corners, he's got Dykes at the back as another big lad. Because the, the, there's no point in playing a big guy against really big guys, you know, because most of the centre-halves will win the headers. Yeah, so if that's what they want. Headers, yeah. If he's not winning headers, what's the point? With, with, with big guys, you want to get in and about them as you know, Che Adams is perfect. He's quick. He's got a bit of skill on him. Get that's where you absolutely get the ball down and get you know him running in about in you know in amongst the centre halves and exposing their defence. But just that, that was the big one for me. That was a shocker. Can you imagine what the Czech manager was thinking, looking at our lineup? Now, fair enough, Tierney's injured. He, he can't play. But of what we had available, imagine you're the Czech manager. You're going brilliant. That's exactly what I want. I, I, would, I don't want to play against Adams. I want to play against Dykes. You put John McGinn as more of a sort of sitting midfielder when he's dangerous, just playing off the striker. Um, aye. It's like, it's like Dykes, uh, like he, he's not going to create a chance for himself. No. Whereas you've got Adams, who you feel as if has got a bit about him. I think he's got a better shot. He can. I feel as if he's more likely to create something for himself, as well as getting the end of things that other people are creating. I, I, I completely agree. But like, if you look at if you look at the Luxembourg game, I think that that's maybe a reason why he doesn't go with the two of them. Because we're playing Luxembourg, don't need ten men after half an hour, and we still only end up with one goal. And we're playing with Dykes and Adams up front. Now, I know Adams has gotten the score sheet, but you're just thinking that maybe Steve Clark is thinking, well, I've went with A2. I've no, it's not really created very much. It was Luxembourg. They had 10 men. You know, I've, I've, I'm going to go back to what I know uh, because Adams has kind of come into the team kind of late. And I, we've said already, maybe the loyalty a bit, because Adams didn't really get us there, you know? But, but I don't think we, we've been crying out for a, a striker for Scotland for as long as I can remember. And you finally got a guy who looks like he's got the potential to be a goal scorer. And I was sitting in my mate in the pub when we were watching it, 
So when Che Adams signed up to play for Scotland, I guarantee one of the first things he did was looked at the Scotland all-time score scorer records, and he's seen it's 30 with Dalgleish and Law, and he's probably in his head going, I'm 24 years old, I could become Scotland's greatest ever goal scorer. Like, yeah. he's got that hunger about him, and I think, but, Kenny, you know what it's like, because you were that big striker, the tendency is when you're chasing a game and you see a big guy up front is, you'll just start lumping it, and we started doing that a little bit, you know what I mean? And yeah. we know as East Bay fans, there's nothing worse than having to watch a full season of just lumping it to some big beanpole up front. Uh <laughs> Yeah, not that you're a beanpole, Kenny. We can call you far worse than that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but that's so, so true. So true, though. Like it's true. Like it's it's Adams is that guy that you think has just got that wee bit extra about him that you know that were were crying out for. And, and I think against England, they've overlooked him. So they, they he's. He's realised that they are not interested in the slightest in him and he has is going to feel as if he's got something to prove. It is a great game to have him in there. Yeah. Like, no, I, I no, 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 other players didn't want to prove something, but there, there's something there, you know? I could almost lay a case, almost lay a case for playing the two of them against England because I think Dykes could unsettle Mings and whoever it is at the back. And you might... You know, if you're playing the two of them at least, but I just think you can't play him on his own. He just it doesn't work. No, I don't mind. I, I don't mind on his own. No, can. I don't mind Adams and Dykes together. Aye. Uh, but I think you're. But Dykes at this level is not good enough to play up front on his own. He isn't. Aye. He's not quick enough. Aye. He's not got that. He's not got the pace. Like, like there are. Like Marcel, there's very few players. You know, there's not. There's not. something here right that I kind of got daggers when I said it in the in the my uncle's pub yesterday but do you not think yesterday was crying out for a fully fit Lee Griffiths because there's a couple of chances that fell in the box that I just think that a finisher because he is a finisher right he's not a, a, somebody that I would say that we could play on his own but you know the chance that fell to to Dykes yesterday when he side footed it if that if a finisher gets that that's a goal yeah yeah. You know, some, somebody like a Lee Griffiths smashes that top bag. You know, somebody like a, a James McFadden smashes that top bag. Yeah. I mean, a fully fit, a fully fit Lee Griffiths would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, and and he's, he's getting into he's, he's getting for a long time, was he? And that's that's no. the issue. Yeah. I mean, well, is, is, a fully is, fit Lee Griffiths was not an option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I didn't. I mean, I never for a second. Asked for him to be in the squad. To be honest, was, no, I didn't was, want him in the squad. No, what was that? You go back four, four or five years for Lee Griffiths. We're thinking about Lee Griffiths four or five years ago. He's not really, yeah. he's not done anything in the last three or four years, except yeah. for like 
take time and, off. And, and he never, he never really scored any goals for Scotland apart from those two free kicks. Yeah, really. And that was when he was. That was when he peaked. He peaked then. He was. He was flying at that stage. He had a really kind of hot streak of a season, and I think he scored those goals kind of at the end of that or during it. And he's yeah. he's he's never really recreated it. I mean, that player, you know, if I could have a fit Lee Griffiths on form with the ability he has, he's in my Scotland squad all yeah, the time. Maybe, I, oh, I, I maybe didn't mean Lee Griffiths per se, but a Lee Griffiths type player. Chris Boyd, for example, finisher. Inside mm. that box, smashes that. I mean, Adams would have scored that chance as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that that's the issue is, is, is I felt like I was watching Dyke's movement yesterday and I actually felt like his movement was good. Like he, he seems to peel off defenders or he, he, he makes himself available. But there's too many times yesterday that I just felt oh, like it was an ability wait, thing. What? His movement, his, see the one that he he, he he got to the front post and he yeah. just got, he actually just put too much on it. The movement yeah. was brilliant for that. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I like him. I like him. But, like, it, it, I just I just feel as if he just didn't get the rub of the green. He's on form. He scored seven goals in the last 10 games, as you know, in yeah. the, the season and in, in the in the championship. Yeah. Um, he, he is on form. Uh, I just... I feel as if the criticism of him is a bit harsh. I just maybe the the way that the team's set up with him, it's it's no it's no helping him. I think him. I think him starting and Adams sitting on the bench makes it worse because yes. I think people want Adams on, yep. and if it's Adams and Dykes together, that's fine. But I think yep. when when Dykes plays and Adams is sitting on the bench, I think some of that kind of criticism goes towards Dykes and maybe you know he's not a bad player he's not a bad player um, I think when he's I think when he's set up, set up Adams in the last game so that they, they and it's one game they've played together so you, yeah. you, you go with something and hope that the understanding you know develops and you, you get you, you get that understanding like it's hard at international level to get that but I feel as if you, you probably you probably should have stuck with that I mean, Ryan Christie's come in for nowhere, really. You know, uh, it's just frustrating. I mean, I mean, this is the thing. Like, is right? What you know? It, somehow in his mind, he's thinking it's safer to play a kind of midfielder up front than it is Shea Adams. But I don't get that at all. What is Ryan Christie offering you defensively oh. that Shea Adams can't? Um, imagine, imagine Ryan Christie was at Southampton. There's no way Ryan Christie plays in front of Shea Adams. No. no. No danger he plays in front of... Like, it's the same with London Knights. No way he plays in front of Shea Adams. What, like, it's, they're, they're not even comparable. Like, it, it just seems as if, you know, Clark's got the idea that these players got us there and he's going to, he's going to stick with them. But they, they, it's so frustrating because we are looking at players that only really comparable and, yeah. and the, the, the good ones think, are sitting on the bench I think that I mean I, I think you're absolutely right I, I think the bottom line is with that game yesterday we weren't that bad and on another day we would have I mean a draw there's no way anyone in that stadium or watching it anywhere thinks a draw there would have been unfair yeah I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a 2-0 game no and Clark Clark said it afterwards we just weren't clinical we had chances and we just didn't take them and that's I mean, that's the same with any team in the world. If you get your four or five decent chances and you don't take one, 
you're going to struggle getting out of a game. It's as simple as that. I mean, my worry before the game, Clark did an interview and he was saying about how it's not a must-win game. A draw in the first game is, is a really good result. Sets you up. And I, I hate the sort of negative approach and that's what Clark is. So you kind of... You kind of just have to accept that. If he's your manager, you're not going to be expansive. You're not going to take risks, I don't think. Well, speaking of risks, I'm going to move on to one more subject about the lineup yesterday, and then we'll move on to a couple other topics. Goalkeepers. Now, we spoke a bit about goalkeepers in the last show. But, you know, I personally advocated for Marshall. I, th- I thought that he'd, you know, done enough and did well for us. To, and, and to be fair to him yesterday, he made some good saves. But, Criminal positioning for that, you know, we're relying on two goalkeepers who aren't playing in you know elite divisions, and there's there's somebody that I think has been overlooked that I feel like we should have chapped on his door again. We've chapped on it in the in the past, and that's Angus Gunn, um, who's at Southampton. You know, his dad's Brian Gunn that played for Scotland, so he, he does have Scottish lineage. Um, you're you're saying a, a thumbs down, but you can't say that he wouldn't be better than Marshall or Gordon Doug. Yeah, but well, uh, he also had a good run of games for Southampton and wasn't very good, and then got dropped. Uh, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. So you're trying to say that somebody that's playing in a better division and a better he's team not playing. against better he's not players, playing. well, he's, he's not playing, playing. He's playing more regularly than Marshall. Marshall's not even first choice in the team he's in. Who, who's Angus? What club is Angus going at? Southampton. Right, he's not played a minute of this season then because they've had McCarthy and whoever else in goals. He played this season on loan at Stoke. There we go. And he played he's not, 15 yeah. games this season. I don't, I don't think it... Marshall and Gordon are both decent goalies. They're generally, you know, do all right for us. Neither are great, but I don't think we've got much better up. I mean, Mar- it was a mistake. Mar- Marshall was too far out. It was a mistake, but... We talked about Jack Hendry as well, and yep, he made a mistake. He shouldn't have took, taken that shot. But but really, you're getting, you know, it was a bad bounce and a phenomenal strike. If none yeah, of that, if, if none of that happens, nobody's talking about Jack Hendry. Oh, you should have played it out wide. Nobody's yeah. noticing that Marshall was a wee bit too far out. They were small mistakes, and they got ruthlessly punished. But you see, you see mistakes, Gordon. You know, in his post-match interview, the strikers literally said, "I've saw him doing that a couple of times in the first half, yeah. and I thought the the, the the chance I get, I'm going to take that, and he did." So, yeah. what I want to know is, is, is Stevie Clark telling him to set that high? Is that part of his game plan to intercept the ball if it does come up? Because he's hoping that we're going to pin them in, or is that something on David Marshall's part where he's saying, "I'm going to push this high up." And if he is doing that, why isn't our coach and George Carver or um, Stevie Clark saying, get back because you're too far forward? Because that was criminal. I mean, if, if Schick is... I wonder how it. far forward he was. I wonder how many yards too far forward he was. Like, I, I mean, I, I think he should have been beyond his 18-yard line where we were. But I don't think he should... I mean, he definitely shouldn't have been that high. But we're maybe only talking six or seven yards too far. But I totally agree with you. It's, at that stage of the game... At 53 minutes, you don't need to be pushing that hard at all. Um, but I, I meant to say, the BBC, BBC Sport uh, on the text thing, it said, um, uh, Schick scores goal, uh, goalkeeper of slime, and Camley slots home. <laughs> I was like, 
Oh yeah, he calmly slotted <laughs> it home from 45, 50 yards with curl. It's quite funny. That makes it sound like just the easiest it, goal it, in the world. It's, it's, just, it's just stock phrases on the BBC, yeah. They've just got the same four <laughs> or five <laughs> phrases. It's quite funny. Copy any telling way to describe that goal. <laughs> so, but, um, I, I don't know what, you know, I'm sure there is a, I'm sure goalkeeping coaches and all the rest of it have got, you know, I'm sure there's a wee list of things, you know, when this is happening, you kind of sit here and this is the level you're supposed to be out at. Now, if Schick has noticed that Marshall is constantly too far out, it should be the kind of thing that somebody in the, a Scotland coach is picking up on. So I can only assume that they were pretty happy with him being that far. Because if they weren't, if Schick has noticed it, then it's happening multiple times. And if it's happening multiple times, the Scotland bench has seen it and they've not said anything. Um, you know, Who's Scotland's goalie coach? I have no idea. Let's find out. Nothing that quick. Uh, Google won't help. So, so see, see, but see what you're saying about Angus Gunn. The, the problem, you're clutching at straws there, I think. But the problem is that we didn't have anybody. There's no nobody. No. There's no young goalkeeper. Like, I mean, see, when I went to um, Wembley to see Scotland play England and we got beat 3-0, one of the sub-goalkeepers was Jack Hamilton. Now, what is he doing now? He's, he, he's at Dundee. You know, he, he went into free fall with, with Harps, uh, no fancied. We, we actually didn't have any good young goalies. So that's mm. why we're clutching at straws with Angus Gunn. I mean, Craig Gordon and, and, and Marshall, I don't think there's much to draw between them, but they're both getting old. Okay, yeah. I don't think I don't think either would be an improvement on the other. If 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 you were to argue anybody that was available to Scotland that would have been maybe an upgrade on current form, the only way the only person you would have had if, if you'd persuade Alan McGregor to come out of uh, retirement, he's the he's the only one that would have been any kind of upgrade. And and it wouldn't have been right no. to try and get him out of retirement. That would have just that, that wouldn't have been good for the, the, the squad dynamics for a start. And 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 the, the potential gain for that wasn't worth it. So they are the two of them. There's no much between them, but they're the best we've got. Yeah. And, and and the worrying thing is that they're 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 getting older and older and older. And there isn't even anybody that looks like on the horizon to take over. But I mean, I suppose we're getting off topic a wee bit. Uh, and, and, and here and now is the more important. But aye, we are struggling. We've always struggled for a goalkeeper. We, we, uh, we managed to get a Scottish granny out of Neil Sullivan. And like, like you know, we, we were, we've always kind of... Craig Gordon was the kind of most consistent goalkeeper that we've had for a sustained period of time. You know, and then he struggled with his injuries. Well, really, I, I think always struggle is a bit harsh when you think of the keepers we've had in Jim Lee and Andy Gorham. You know, we have had reliable, good goalkeepers for a long time. And like you say, in latter years, uh, with McGregor, we've had Gordon, you know, we've had David Marshall, you know. But you're, you're right in what you're saying, that our, our keepers are getting older. And I mean, really, the only sort of goalkeeper I can think of the t- is Paul Will Kelly, that's, that's young and playing okay. But I mean, I think he's being touted for a loan move to to Dundee United or Motherwell in the summer so there's there's nobody at an elite level really and that's why I, I, I threw the, the Angus Gunn um, conversation in there but look let's let's move on from that then there's, there's something that I've written down to discuss and you know Doug posted the video in the group chat yesterday and everybody's singing and, and being happy at, at the end of the game and 
that irked me a bit, as you could probably tell from my my response in the WhatsApp group. And it, it goes down to me for it's the mentality of the, the the Scottish national team as a whole for me, the lovable losers, you know, we're just happy to be there, take, take part. Everybody wants to be friends with the Scottish people when we play abroad. You know, we're all giving everybody our CU Jimmy hats, all that nonsense. For me, that 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 is a major part of where we are as a nation in terms of football because why are we celebrating it getting hammered by a bang average team just because we're there? And it just begs the question, are we at times, now I say in the last 23 years that we've not been there, but are we at times just happy to be there? Yes. I was absolutely yes. delighted to be there. We've waited 23 years to be there. See, right we should... We should, should be happy. We should be happy to be there. We should be happy to be there. Yeah, but, but we shouldn't just. But and now, now you can make this argument that you know what we do or what fans in a pub do or what fans in the ground do doesn't really matter, right? But I agree. I think basically, as a country and as a footballing country, we have got this kind of attitude. Now, I've, I'm not a psychologist. This, this is just a bunch of shite to me but I think it's like a defence mechanism I think if you go back far enough when we had properly good teams this was before I was born but 1978 you hear about that that you know we had huge confidence we thought we've got a great team you know we're going to go to World Cups so we've got a chance of doing it and we got humiliated basically and I think what we've done basically as a country collectively since then is form this kind of defence mechanism that Oh, you know, we're shite anyway. You know, it's, you know, us just turning up and maybe getting beat, you know, getting beat by a good team by one or two goals, that's fine. You know, just getting to a tournament is fine. Doesn't matter if we do anything when we get there. And I think we've lowered our expectations. We've, we've kind of got this defeatist attitude um, as a, a defence mechanism against disappointment. You know, if you if you try and fail, or you have confidence and fail, it hurts. But if you are kind of defeatist, well, it's just what you expected. It doesn't it doesn't yeah. feel so much. And I, I think, I really do believe, like, as a country, we've just developed this attitude and we need to get rid of it. I mean, you look at countries that have, you know, smaller countries than us that have done something, there's no way they will take that attitude. You have to have this attitude that, you have to go on, you have to go and take people on that, you know, it doesn't matter if they've got more people or more money or bigger players, you have to go and take them on and you have to have that confidence. Now, you're going to fail, we'll lose matches and it'll hurt, but you've got to kind of, you've got to admit that you failed and 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 learn from it and not just go, oh, well, we expected it and so it's fine. You know, no, fans singing doesn't matter, um, but I think that attitude has just seeped into all of us collectively. The players will have it, the managers have it, everyone has it. And I, I, I think it holds us back. Bang on. Absolutely. Possibly one of the best statements that we've had on any episode of Glory Days ago for me. Bang on. I think that the, you know, sing before the game, show how passionate you are. I was absolutely buzzing for yesterday. Bought myself the top, went and then got up yesterday morning. I was like, I'm going to get one for the wee one. Had her kitted out on our Scotland top. It swept away in the emotion at all, 100%. The nation was, the QGD yesterday in Glen office was out of the shop. You know what I mean? Everybody was in there buying a Scotland top. Everybody that I walked past in 
you know, the village that I live in, we're, we're all wearing Scotland tops, tooting horns as they were walking past each other. I was absolutely on a, a feeling that I'd never experienced before because, you know, of a history of sporting shite teams. You know, I've never been at a position like this before. And, you know, you get to the game, you get the disappointment, and I get that I was probably, you know, over-emotional because of what had happened. But equally, to behave like that after the game, and, and it wasn't just yourself, Doug, so this isn't an attack on you. Uh, I've seen it all over my social media. It's almost accepting of the fact that, oh, well, fuck it, we're just happy because we've qualified. And I, I just don't think that that's... The, the right mentality you know I'm not saying that we'd be English people and we start beating up grannies in the street or anything like that that's not what I'm saying I just want us to to, to take a bit more pride in ourselves that no you want to what that isn't good enough we're not accepting that and we better fucking fix it for the England game that's the attitude I want us to take sorry yeah, for my what, podium stance there but what yeah I, I, look I to, you're totally right of course you're right I, I, in my head though in the last 15 years when football's become like uber professional and like absolute athletes and all that sort of stuff, we're miles behind and we, we probably will be for generations and generations in terms of when was the last time a sort of wee team won something like this or, you know, 2004. yeah, exactly. Which is 16 years ago. I did, that, been... I did that deliberately. No, I just think like things like yesterday, we've all gone out. It's been a tough couple of years. We've, I mean, I wasn't just going to go home. I'm not going to sit there all glum. We're regarded, but then I don't know. I agree. I'm totally. You're totally right. Of course, you're right. But we're, it's not like we have a mutiny march on Hamden and demand better. No, that's but I don't want to just pass the baton back and forth because I take your point. Like obviously, we've lived through a, a shite eighteen months in terms of COVID and not getting out, and we all got out to play, and and I get all of that aspect of it. I, I genuinely do because you know I was like I said already super excited for the game yesterday, and you know the the heart sinks in you. But I think that for me, it's just it was a, a case of we're just sort of accepting that that's the way it is and I just for me I'm not prepared to accept that I want you know why are Wales you know doing well at tournaments why are you know even Northern Ireland in, in previous tournaments managing to skate by Christ Portugal drew three games and got out of the groups in the in the, the past you know there's there's got there's got to be better from Scotland there has to be there has to be um, yeah. and there's one one other thing before we, we move on is a, a point that um, Kenny made earlier on that I, I've, I've written three names down on the back of something that he said was, you know, we're, we miss out on bleeding these youngsters into a team early and then we risk them fucking off to somewhere else because there's always an Irish granny or, or something like that. And the, the three names that I've written down was James McCarthy who was a, a, a good player and he's peak and played well at Everton. We missed out on him because we didn't pick him up at youth ages and he went and played for Ireland. Aidan McGeady was the exact same, you know, some a, a good winger that would have improved our team in the past. And the other name that I've written down here is Karamoko Dembele. I know that he's not getting much uh, a sniff um, at Celtic just now. They're, they're trying to take their time and, and bleed him in, but England are already looking at him. And... You know, if, if you're a youngster, you know, could we have taken him over as somebody that, you know... I think, I think they were, England were looking at him. I, I think, by all accounts, his attitude is stinking. And that's why he's got nowhere near the Celtic team. Apparently, yeah, 
the, the shout is that he's Billy big time and they'll, they've told him, like, you know, you need to knuckle down like everyone else and he's absolutely not. And he's actually older than we think now. Is he not like, he must be 18 or 19 now, isn't he? Yeah. And he always still people around as being like 10. He's also on um, the release list. But yeah. I think Celtic were generally like extremely unimpressed with him, like attitude and stuff like that. So I don't know, you know. But no, you're 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 totally right. I mean, you know, we look back on Wales getting the semi final. They had a superstar playing for them. It makes a massive, massive difference. Like you look at Portugal, who at the time were fairly average. They're not now, but they had a superstar. It makes a that that ability to have that one player that's just absolute world class. We've we've never had that, and we're you know not really. And it makes a monster, monster difference. I mean, I th- th- think saying never is a bit disrespectful to people like Kenny Dalgleish, um, you know, somebody that was probably I mean, in the day. But we qualified then. I'm meaning, I'm meaning in the time where we've been struggling is because yeah. we don't have anyone like that. Aye. Yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting. It's it's like um, we haven't changed anything. It's like, it, it's like you, you, for us, we need to be taking risks. So it was like um, a few years ago, there was a boy, Jack Harper, who was like held the record for yeah. those with yeah. the Albert We should have been like all in, like like giving them an international cap at like 16, 17 year old or something. Like we should have been gambling at that time on uh, on things like that. But do you know, I think that we can be better as, uh, as Scotland fans. Like if I think about um, like Iceland, so, uh, and not just Iceland, um, like Belgium, they're obviously a bigger team, but I went, I went to Hamden and uh, took my, my wee boy to his first ever Scotland game and it was embarrassing. Like, we, we, we had, like, like the, the whole stadium pretty much and then there was the Belgium section and the Belgium fans were incredible. They were organised. They... they, they they added something to their team. The, 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 the fans were on it the whole game. It was amazing to watch, right? And if you've got fans like that behind you or fans like us who just, like, basically fuck about and, like, criticise when it doesn't go well and we, we, we've, we've not made ourselves better either. Um, and then you've got, you've got teams like Iceland. I mean, Iceland, what's their population? 350, 400,000. But their fans at the Euros the last time, how organised were they? They had something. They, they lifted their team, something incredible. We, I know there's not that many fans at these games now, but we have to have a look at ourselves. I think we were better years ago. Yeah. But we're just like, there's too much apathy. And like, like we didn't look at ourselves. What could we do differently? We could get organised and make Hamden like an amazing place. But it's a very... You're, you're absolutely bang on, Kenny, but I think it goes way deeper than that. It's a British British mentality is like as soon as something goes wrong, you're just straight on the back. Like I was saying about the boy Patterson, if he'd made a mistake for Belgium, uh, the, he, you probably wouldn't hear anything. If he'd made a mistake straight away in that game, instantly, oh, you know, and that's the t- same in any sport. We're terrible. Yeah. We're reactionary to things. Yeah. In any sport. Like I, I always say, like that that mentality to win is ingrained in most nations at that sort of elite level, and it's it's ingrained in the Scottish level, and mostly to not fail. It's yeah. never ever positive, and even like 
even in the hire, so even the hiring of Steve Clark is a perfect example. Here's a guy who's done nothing. I mean, nothing as a manager apart from do one good season with Kilmarnock. And you know he's negative. Everything about Kilmarnock fans, although they had a great season, they were all saying like his football was awful. It was so negative, so negative, so negative. Yet we hire him to take on the national team. And we've limped through and it's like, what are we expecting? You know, your blueprint should be hire a coach that's, whether it's a foreign coach or not, someone who is wants to play football the right way under any circumstances. And we might have to accept that it's like two or three years of transition to get them to where we want them to be. But just that mentality of like, let's play this the right way. We're going to be a, a positive in our formation. And until you get that, it's hard to change because people people sink into that, oh, draw's not a bad result against an all right team mentality. And it's so hard to get out of, very, very difficult yeah. to get out of. And and we've had you know thinking of Scotland fans and I think it's true last last time I was at Hamden was when we got beat two one by Russia in the Euro qualifiers the atmosphere was terrible I mean it was just shit but also at the same time as Scotland fans we've had twenty years of shit you know it's 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 two ways like it's with you know you look at Iceland fans easy you know easy to be up for it when you're Iceland. Because you are overperforming, you know this is fairy tale stuff. Easy, easy to be up for it if you're a Belgium fan because you've got one of the best teams in the world. As a Scotland fan, it's been twenty years of unrelenting disappointment, and it's tough. It's tough to get. Um, you know, I think you know the Serbia game and everything that happened after it, and going to the Euros. That's the first time since two thousand and eight when we beat France. Uh, in Paris, probably, and we had a, you know, we had a good team, and we had a real good shot at qualifying. We had a real good go at Italy and France and Ukraine. That's the first time that then that I've really felt enthusiastic about Scotland. Um, and I know as a fan, you've got to kind of, you've got to have a bit of resilience. You know, you kind of go down and you kind of get angry all the time. You've got to have a bit of patience, but you know, fifteen years is a long time. It's tough. I think that's partly where that came from yesterday, Lee, in terms of, I, I was like, that's the most excited I've been. Like I've always said, like I, I love East Life with, you know, huge passion, but it does go, it does go up a wee notch for me for when it comes to Scotland in about two and a half. And yeah, I felt that like for a few days leading up to it, the morning of it, I was like, so, so excited and nervous as hell. Like, in at the pub at 10, it's already heaving and the, the singing beforehand. It felt like, oh, we're back and we're going to enjoy, we're back and we're going to enjoy this. Feck knows when it's going to happen next. So, uh, yeah, I just think it's, uh, and everyone was pissed, let's be honest. Definitely. Right. But I want to make a conscious effort to make sure that we don't um, go on too long um, for this one. So I'm going to ask two more questions and then we'll, we'll call it a night, gents. So I know it's very early on to ask this, but we've talked a bit about Clark and I think that all their opinions seem to be linear, that we're not going to progress or be progressive underneath them. If you could pick a realistic target, I'm not going to ask you to, and you tell me, oh, Pep Guardiola, that's not what I want. I want somebody that's a realistic appointment that we think that would progress us and I don't care about their nationality. 
I'm going to say mine, and I'll probably get slaughtered for it, but I would go for somebody like Graham Potter. I think that the, the style of football, I know he's won nothing, right? I get that, right? I know he's won nothing. But if you look at the teams that he's had and the style of football that he's played and the way that his teams play without spending an awful lot of money, I think that he could be somebody that would be great for us. He, can, can I, am I allowed to say something about your pick? Yeah, but you can tell me it's shite. That's fine. No, it's, it's, it's a great shout, but it's monstrously unrealistic. There's no way a young upcoming manager is taking an international goal like Scotland. Why would they? Yeah, that, that's a real problem in international football, is it's so hard to get someone because guys want to have that day-to-day involvement that they always talk about. Yeah. An, up, up, an upcoming manager isn't taking an international job. I mean, I, I can't think of many at international level who's an upcoming manager. I'm going to back the ball back to you. Gareth Southgate was... Yeah, is Gareth Southgate a manager? don't think he was up, up and coming. You know, I think. He's yeah. He, he was there. He was exhausted his opportunities and ended up as yeah. the England under twenty one manager. He yeah. lost, lost job at Middlesbrough and all that. Uh, yeah. He was he was a I, default I, pick. He, but he's I taken just, England further than they've been in my lifetime. Because they got uh, an easy draw. I mean, yeah, and 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 they're, they they have better players than they did. I would say six or seven years ago, and they got a very but kind draw. Substance. They've beaten nobody in substance competitively. No, no, they haven't. Nobody at that World Cup. They couldn't even. They should. They they, they should be embarrassed that they didn't get to that final. Well, there was like a there was a there was a good thing I saw about that World Cup. England played two good teams and got beat three times. Belgium yeah. and Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Really, when they actually looked to the beat, and it was like Panama, Tunisia lost to Belgium, lost. You know. Colombian penalties or whatever it was. It's like the only yeah. I think that's true. Probably that, that, that's always been the international football problem. Is it's so hard to get a good manager because nobody wants to be an international manager. There's no. We've, we've seen Scotland in the past. We never seem to get a manager at the peak, right? Because you're not, you're not going to get a manager at the peak. All all countries are the same. I think really. I think you know England. You pick the, the best managers, best you know, English managers or managers in the Premier League. They won't take the England job. I think Doug's right. Here's an up-and-coming young manager who might take the Scotland job. Stuart Petrie. Oh, fuck <laughs> <laughs> an international job or a stepping stone to a club job. An international, and especially especially the likes of Scotland, it's a stepping stone. Remember Alex McLeish Binder? Was it Alex McLeish Binder's? Like, Birmingham you know, say or something like that. I Birmingham. I mean, like, it's a stepping stone. What about Michael O'Neill? Tried. Aye, but I mean, I'm. Heather on fire. He's not. He's not. But we're not going to get anyone who set the heather on fire in a club job. We're just not. I mean, Steve Clark. I think now. I'm. I'm not in the camp of get rid of Steve Clark. I'm disappointed with what he's done, and I know. A lot of people predicted it. I'm, I'm very much like I, I don't want to criticize someone for something I think they're going to do. I kind of, I'm like, you know, I was talking to my dad and he was like, he's too conservative, he's too loyal, he's going to pick this team. And I was like, come on, come on, this the game's not even happened. And then, you know, he got it exactly. <laughs> the right. inevitable happened. <laughs> but I'm still sort of, you know, I don't want to be reactionary because two days ago I would have been like, ah, look, I'm not, 
I'm not 100% happy, but um, I'm happy with Steve Clark. I think there's a job to do. You know, we've got some good players, we've got a bunch of jobbers, and your job is to make a good team out of that. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, It's a young squad. You know, it's, it's a process to make Scotland good enough that we can go to a major tournament and, and have a real shot of getting out of the group. So that's, that's the job you've got. I've got concerns. I'm not ready to say bin them. Um, but, you know, if a, a realistic option, you know, if Michael O'Neill gets the sack for Stoke or wherever he is, I'd still take him because I think the job he did at Northern Ireland is exactly what we need. But you've got more, you've got better players here. I think I think I think you're bang on, Gordon. I think I've always said, as a club football fan, I need to see decent football because I'm watching it every week. As a Scotland fan, I don't really care how we play as long as we get decent results. So it doesn't because we're not having to watch them very often. So you're just wanting to try and win and try and get to tournaments and stuff like that, and then progress or whatever. So I, I'm a Gordon. I, I'm not a completely anti-Steve Clark. I just think. We, we could easily have been doing this podcast on the back of a decent result with the exact same performance and we wouldn't be saying any. It's it's just very, very difficult. It's very, very difficult to suddenly transform Scotland from a pretty bang average international team to anything other than that. It's not easy. I'll say two, two, I'll say two other words, right? And this is a sort of just stoking the fire. Sam Allardyce. <laughs> no, no chance. No. Well, no you're, you're, you're saying there that you're not interested in us being a good side to watch, but it's something that makes us hard to beat. Is, is that not Sam Allardyce's mantra? Yeah, but he's an arsehole. He's a massive, big, fat English arsehole. That's why well, I don't apart, from, apart from the English part, Doug, we could be talking about you. Tell us what you really think, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a corrupt bastard as well. Fucking he's a checkbook manager as well, right? Which is exactly what you don't, you know... If you're a manager, if you're a manager whose strength is signing players, you can't be an international manager. Told you I was going to stoke the fire. That was easy, wasn't nah. it? <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Kenny? Uh, I, I've seen it before a few years ago. I, I, I would have Stephen Presley as the Scotland manager. Like I, I worked with him at uh, at Falkirk, um, and he, he's never really had he's never had a big job, eh? Like, uh, but. He's been in Scotland. I would, I would take him. Just been constipated for ten years now. There's, there's two things that really upset me about that. The fact that he said he's never had a big job in is he just had diarrhea. For <laughs> and and two is I think Gordon's won an award this one this show for having the best show, but I think that could be the worst. I'm. I'm I wouldn't need to let, let Stephen Presley run a bath. Do you know my problem with Stephen Presley, Kenny, is he, I, I just couldn't listen to him do interviews because he tries to sound good. He's no, it's, uh, that kills me. It, John Hughes is the other one that's bad for that. He was just suddenly put on this, like, pretend I'm not a thick as mince guy, and it sounds so bad. So at least Clark can speak, although albeit quietly. Steve, Steve Clark, <laughs> I, was, I was 100% behind Steve Clark. What he did at Kilmarnock is exactly the job he needs to do at Scotland. Now, it's going to take longer, right? You know, if you're a club manager, you're working with them every day. International manager, things take time. 
But the job he did at Kilmarnock is exact, you know, you don't have as good players as your opposition. You can't go out and sign better players. You've got to make something good with what you've got. And it doesn't matter how you do it. It just matters that you do it. That's what we need. Um, you know, and there will be there will be setbacks. There will be disappointments. Um, I think Clark has got to improve. I think I desperately want him to change his attitude towards the, the kind of loyalty that he shows to some of the players. But I, I'm not going to change my mind over him based on one result. Do you think he's got it in him? Yes. I yeah. think he's about as good as we're going to get right now. I really do. I don't... I, I, like the, the last 10-minute discussion has summed up beautifully how hard it is to even come up with a name for an international manager. I, I think, as I say, I, I don't think it needs to... It doesn't need to be ridiculously attractive football. It just needs to be semi-successful at international level. And I think... I think with time, and this might be a great learning curve for him as an international manager about, you know, I, I would be very surprised in the next squad after the Euros if a guy like O'Donnell was even remotely yeah. in it or close to it. Yeah. You know, the big question is, is he going to learn from his mistakes, right? If, if, you, if, you, learn from, if you learn from your mistakes, that's fine. Everyone makes mistakes and you become better by learning from them. Um so um, that's not something we might necessarily even know from this championship. But And he's not going to come out and say it. He's not going to come out and say it in the media and stuff. But if he's the kind of person who looks at what the decisions he's made with a, a self-critical eye and changes, great. Um, and I believe, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt of that. But I suppose we'll have to see. What about, what about Sean Maloney? Scotland. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad show. Yes. I mean, he's he's in a, he's in about a Belgium, obviously, and mm-hmm. at the top level, and what we what with these guys, and he's no a guy that is going to command a job that I like a good job. So uh, he might be, and he, he he's he's certainly intelligent. Um, I think that's a good show, Kenny. And I'll tell you what's good about it. I'm not thinking Sean Maloney for manager, but there's something about having a head coach at international level and filling it with really good coaches at specific, you know, defensive coaches, good, you know, midfield, whatever, or striker coach and have good... It's like the guy that's at Aberdeen, the coach, uh, striker coach guy, yeah. you know, Alan Russell. Well, that sort of guy that's like a kind of innovative, you know, ideas yeah. man that, that's what you want to fill with. That's slight my thing with Clark. You know, he's got Carver. He's a bit of a, I don't like the term dinosaur, but you know what I mean? These old school kind of guys. I think that's maybe where you could change the ethos of how you go about building a backroom team. But you, but with a focal point of a guy like Clark, it's fine. But no, I think I think that Maloney type shout is, is a really good one. Yeah. Much better, much better than the best <laughs> <laughs> Did you, what did you say there, Doug? I just said it was a much better shout than Stephen Preston. Yeah. I'd rather have Elvis. I'd rather have there, Kenny. Major I'd rather have the, the other name that I had written down, but we'll not go into it, was Chris Coleman. I mean, he did a good enough job with Wales. Um, you know, would he be able to replicate okay. that with, with Scotland? Okay. You think so? Oh, did you see that Sunderland today? He was a bit punched crap out of a quarter and a bit. He's, he's, 
he did not come across well in that documentary, did he? Nah. No. He came across like an idiot. I feel like he was lucky with Wales. Not as bad as the managing director guy. Martin Bain, yeah. Okay, any day, right now. What was that? I'll take lucky. I'll take lucky. Friday, I'll take lucky. I'll take shit and lucky. I will take shit and lucky. That's the final final part of the show. We're going to talk very, very briefly about England as much as it pains me to say, we'll take a prediction from you um, and we'll go to Mr. Positivity himself, Dougal Perry. Oh, God, am I positive? Right, okay, this is going to be a bit of a blow for that. <coughs> I, I, I'll be honest, I said, sadly, my prediction for the whole tournament was that we'd go out with no points and no goals. Um, I'm going to go for, oh, God. Uh, um, I mean, if I'm... Total head, I'm going to say two or three nils England. If I'm going heart and depending on play, one all maybe. I, I think I'd be surprised if we do much better than that. I just think they're, they, they'll be so much more attacking than they were against Croatia. They'll play, Grealish will definitely start, they'll have a left back in. They'll be, I just think they could overrun us. I don't think we'll get humped by them, but you know, a wee two nil is a potential, but tight game. But I don't see us winning. We're picking up anything. Gordon, I'm the same. If I have to go, you know, if I have to go head, if I have to think completely, coldly and rationally about it, I'm saying two 0 as well. Just something like that, you know, a fairly bog standard defeat. I mean, it's a, it's a tough game. It's it's England at Wembley in a major tournament. They're a good team. We just have to, you know, you have to admit it. Yeah, or do they have good? I mean, player? they're not. They're not. I don't think they are. Well, you know, they they have good players, and I think they're a decent team. They're maybe no, you know, they're maybe not more than some of their parts. They're maybe about. They've got a crap manager, which will mean they won't get near winning it. Yeah, I don't think they're one of the best teams in the world, but you know, they're at home. Um, that's a tough place to go. Not many teams go there and beat them um, and we are on the basis of yesterday don't look good enough to do it um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean to say we can't do it um, you know we can I'm talking about like getting a result whether that's a draw or a win most likely a draw we you know we can do it it's not you know it's it's not impossible but we need to be a lot better well, we need to be a lot better in every way than we were Ooh, yesterday. This no, must be better. <laughs> yeah, works for me. Mr. D. Uh, I think I was hoping that we were going to be going into this game where England were going to be under a lot of pressure. And if we had had a win or uh, an England had failed to win or whatever I had in my head that there would be huge pressure on England and I would I would actually more than fancy us for something. I just feel as if that all the pressure is on us, which is a horrible thing to say when you're going into uh, you're going into Wembley. Um and uh, I I think I don't want to say that we've no got a chance, but I think if I see the team, the Scotland team on Friday, 
and it's the same old what I'm expecting, I will like my heart will sink again and I'll just be like, because I think our only chance is to mix it up and go for something unexpected and something that the the England team probably haven't planned for. And as I said, I mean, Southgate will probably rotate a wee bit. I would be very surprised if Trippier plays uh, left back uh, left back again. That that that's probably not going to be an area that we can that I'm saying that we might be able to exploit. He might he might rotate Chilwell or 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 Shaw comes in there because they're they're looking to get further on. So they they are going to they, they, I think the team's going to be a bit different uh, for the one that started against Croatia. So it's difficult to predict what they what they do, but. I, I hope that we are a bit more unpredictable as to our team, team selection because I think that's the only way that we can get any upper hand uh, at all in this. And, and obviously, that's I really want Billy Gilmore to play, um, obviously. But um, a result, man, I, I, I feel as if we're going to be drawn or winning by a, by one goal coming into the last five minutes and we'll, even, we'll either lose a goal to lose the game or I'll end up with a, as a draw. Um, I, I just I've I've seen it so many times with Scotland getting getting close to something, and the the, the kind of one with England when it finished two two um, was uh, exactly uh, what happened. So I feel as if we might be there or thereabouts to get something, and we'll lose it right at the end. Well, that was a lot more positive than me, who's saying we're going to get beat four 0 um, That's. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm going to just be brutally honest. Sorry, Doug, I've seen you put your head in your hands there. I just... No, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm just... It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be totally honest. Um, I think that we're going to be crucified down that right-hand side, much like East Fife have been crucified down that left-hand side um, this season, you know, where we've said any team that's watching us will know which way to attack. That's what's going to happen. Um, like I say, you, you're probably going to see Sterling or um, Grealish probably switching sides to, to, to take turns and absolutely beast in O'Donnell. So um, I think that there's, yeah, but we've got a lot of pain coming on Friday as, as, as far as I'm concerned. I hope that I'm wrong. Can I make two comments about quick things? I actually don't think, I don't think Patterson will play another minute in this campaign. I, I, I think Clark will have looked at that and he shot the bed the other day. And he's, I don't think he'll feature. I'll tell you where we definitely will get joy against England is if Tierney's playing down the left, because Foden defensively was awful against Croatia. Awful. Like, he, the amount of times he switched off to leave two on one was unbelievable. So if he's playing in front of uh, Des Walker, then we've definitely, uh, we can have, I know Walker's very good and he's fast, but two on ones, we can definitely get joy there. So it's I mean, basically going to be two teams trying to entirely play down their own left-hand side against yeah, the opposition's yeah. right-hand side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's be honest. But Robertson and Tierney should be our like uh, they should be running the show for us. That's where that's where our strength is. That side, uh, and if we've got the two of them against, I, I would I would take them against uh, any of the England players. I'm not saying that they would win every time against the, the England players on that side, but it's an even match. And on and, and if you play well that day, those two players can can be better than any of them. And, uh, oh, yeah. and and if they didn't play at the top of their game, then they, they'll, they'll they'll get found out. But like that, potentially, if they play at their peak, that is where we need to capitalize. If if if, if, if can I ask, 
Can I ask a quick question of all three, very, very quickly? Um, would they be the only two that might have got an England squad? Or, or would have got an England squad? I think they, both of them would, yeah. And I think they may be the only ones, yeah. I think McTom. I think McTominay on 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 his form, maybe, yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, like Henderson because he's no fit. But uh, I, I mean, McTominay. Mc, Mc, I'm glad we got McTominay earlier because he's certainly improved massively. And uh, playing playing for Man United every week, he, he would definitely be there or thereabouts for England squad. McTominay uh, pr- could be in the squad. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the one. The, the, one thing I thought, the one thing I thought from yesterday's game was just how classy Robertson looked. Like, he just looked oh, yeah. one of the best oh, players in the pitch. By I mean, Robertson oh. walks into the England team. Yeah, he does. But, but would, you, teams, yeah. would you take Calvin Phillips over McTominay? I'm not sure yes. I would. Um, just, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't. I mean, he had a good game yesterday. Based on, yeah, based on yesterday or whatever. Uh, he's would had a great game. Calvin Phillips over McTominay? No. no. Uh, no. I mean they could they could go and get him and they won't. No, they're not gonna I think that it's a it's a fair shout. McTominay McTominay would be in the squad. He may be he's one of these players that could be in the team, might not be. I mean, you know, McGinn's a player that could potentially no. have gotten in a few no. squads from time to time, but I don't think he'd be a star. I, I actually I actually think in a lot of ways McGinn's very overrated, but just I think I think I think I think he's one of these players that would be the most slender ass. He the most slender ass. He wouldn't be anywhere near the, his ass. Remember, like J Lo got her legs. Um, was it her legs insured for millions? John McGinn's got an ass that just won't quit. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His ability to just to bum men out the yeah. way uh, on a football Sorry, pitch. Pardon? It's second to none. He's our top bummer. See the thing about McGinn, though. See the thing about McGinn. If he was playing in a better team, so better than Aston Villa, better than uh, than, than Scotland, I think he's a real, real threat for goals. And and mm. th- these types of players are difficult to find. So I I, I do I do say I he's maybe overrated, but he he he's got something that a lot of players just are, are a bit lacking. The the, the that finishing. Uh, the, the that finishing instinct and, and 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 you know that's valuable even at the at the top level you know so I think if he was playing a team that had more of the ball uh, he he would push on again because because he's got that yeah. eye for goal. Well, I'm going to answer your question, Doug, just before we go. Tierney for me doesn't make the England team. Um, I think that Chilwell and Shaw are both better left backs than Kim Tierney, um, and they both had better seasons. Um, I think I'll come for. I think I'm going for him. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, Chilwell's just won the Champions League. Um, you know, he's, he's ah, just, just played in the best team in Europe. He doesn't get in over Chilwell for me. Luke Shaw's just went to in a team that's finished second in the Premier League. Probably his best season um, in the Premier League. He's been absolutely outstanding. Got to a Europa League final. He doesn't get in. I'd, I'll be honest with you, if it's on form, Robertson doesn't make the the England squad for me um, this season because I don't think that he's looked as solid without Virgil van Dijk next time. So I'll, I'll leave everybody on that note and you can feel free to break my <laughs> opinions on our social media channels should you wish to do so. Um, before I pass over to our guests, um, on our social media pages, I've uploaded our fundraiser, which we I'll be honest with you, we really need um, the listeners' support on. Um, we've got some fees that need to be paid that are coming up. 
Um, so if you could get on board with that, with it's a football scratch card. It's twenty pound a square. Um, you can get two squares for thirty pound or three squares for forty pounds. And basically, with every square that you buy, you get an episode sponsorship. But if you win the big um, prize at the end, our friend of the show and relative of Doug, um, his brother Donald, who's a professional voiceover artist, has agreed that he'll do a nice swanky advert for the a, a year's worth of sponsorship for the show. Um, and you, yeah, so there's definitely some opportunities, some some nice prizes there. So £20 a square, get onto our social media, dig deep. You know, if you don't want to have to, to yourself as a, a personal sponsor, you could pick a local charity to give it to, whatever the, there's opportunities there. But we, we do need your support and, and help to the, the running costs for the podcast. So final words, we'll start off with Dr. Goals himself. Anything to say, Kenny? Let's try and go into this on Friday with positivity. But there's always a chance. Just one chance. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I actually watched Braveheart in the run-up to the weekend to try and psych myself up for it. There's nothing quite like a nausea telling you how to be Scottish. Um, Gordon? Yeah, I think I'm the same. You know, let's, let's be positive. Um, it's tough, but... Let's, fingers crossed, stranger things have happened. We, we start off with a positive result. Nil-nil. That's a positive result, okay? Yeah, uh, yeah I'll take it's it. positive until it's no nil-nil. Yeah, that's a, a great shout. And finally, Father Perry? If you can't get excited for playing the old enemy in a major football tournament at Wembley, stop watching football. Go on, go on. And do you know what? If you want to sing songs, don't let Lee tell you you're not allowed. Just go go and be with your pals and your family and just enjoy it. Because this is about as good as it gets, I think, as the Scotland Band. Major tournament, England at Wembley. Bring it on. So I'll just take my final words. Yes, do. Sing your songs. Be cheerful. Support the national team. Pour it out on social media. Line the streets with all tyres. Go for it. Sing to your heart's content. But don't celebrate when we lose, because that's just wrong, in my humble opinion. But If we lose, Lee. If we lose, yes. I will try and do my level best to be an optimist so that I don't get chastised by Joker after our next show. Um, he's actually behaved himself today. He's reined himself in and slagging me off for an entire show, and which must be a record. So thanks for that, Kenny. You've, you've really not let me have it in this one. I think that the result um, in midweek was obviously painful enough that, that you've managed to let me away with it. So until then, until our next show, we're hoping to get this one out to you guys on Thursday. The England game will be on the Friday and we'll aim to record that on Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, depending on everybody's availability and have it out to you before the Croatia game on the Tuesday. But thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your continued support. Until then, take care, stay safe and come on, Scotland. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. <laughs>